Just like that, final hour is here on the Monday edition. Hot by with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Chad, the show flying by today. They it usually has gone do. Fast. Usually do. Yeah, it really has. Uh, especially to to kick off the week, a lot to react to. Flying off the shelves right now, all the Outkick here. You can head over to uh, shop.outkick.com and uh, take advantage of the Outkick store where we're celebrating the the new playing field. Buy one, get one, 50% off for a limited time. You can find our favorite polos, t-shirts, and more when you visit shop.outkick.com and score 50% off. All you got to do, shop.outkick.com. Add the items to your cart and the discount is automatically applied. We'd make it easy. We make it easy. And I am willing to personally fold your purchase for you. Just make a note. For extra Additional money. notes. Additional money. Additional yeah. me. I'll, I'll, I'll write you Chad a note. wash it and dry it, and you'll have a smedium if you so please. Hutton will notarize it when I'm done. We'll have an official stamp okay. for the show that says this was hand-folded by That's Chad right. Withrow. We'll do right. all of it for you. We'll be your notary. Full service. <laughs> Full service over here. Right. Chad wants to be out of ink when it's all said and done. Yeah. That's it. That's the hope. Uh, coming up, we've got uh, plenty to uh, react to and preview for a doubleheader. Uh, two games kicking off the same time for Monday Night Football. Um, but first, uh, sad news over the weekend where uh, former NFL tight end and uh, personal friend of myself, Chad, Clay, and, and so many others and great representative for the city of Nashville, for the Tennessee Titans franchise and beyond across the league. Frank Wycheck passed away at the age of 52, far too young, uh, fell at his home at the time of living uh, when he passed it in Chattanooga and uh, meant so much to a Titans organization that moved from Houston and wanted a connection with the fan base and vice versa. And Frank was one of those. Steve McNair, Eddie George, Frank Wycheck. That's the trio that you would mention. And post-NFL career, he joined uh, as the game analyst for the Titans radio network and did a phenomenal job. Uh, while he was a player, he was hosting player shows downtown. Uh, uh, the, the conduit, really, inside the locker room on a weekly basis. And was a great friend on my behalf in many situations. And Chad worked him alongside with him as well. Overall, just a great guy and a great father. Uh, leaves behind two lovely daughters who I believe one has children currently. The other uh, recently graduating college and 52 years old. Frank would, would want me to go into this. He would say multiple, multiple times. He did not think he would see the age of 50. Because of CTE and the number of concussions that he suffered throughout his career. I had the ability and the great fortune to travel with an NFL franchise. Frank Wycheck sat in front of me on the charter flights. And the headaches, the migraines, the um, just the overall mental aspect of what a former NFL player goes through, specifically one that knows and has friends that have taken their own lives based on the fr just how they feel and what symptoms they're going through and the depression that that causes. Um, it's tough. And it, that's, that's the wrong word to use. Frank would openly discuss it on his morning show that he hosted on uh, the top-rated show in Nashville 
throughout his tenure as a radio host. And he would openly discuss it with current players. He would discuss it while calling Titans games, everything. Um, Chad, I, was, I, I immediately, after just thinking about the family, I think about that. He donated his brain to uh, the, the group that does the research um, on behalf of Chris all, Nowinski. All the former players, right? All the former players uh, that were a part of that lawsuit against the league. He's donated, Frank donated his brain to that research uh, to help that cause because he, he knew the feeling that the other players that either were able to find some help, what help there was based on this, or felt like it was too much. He knew that that research is eventually going to help future former players. And there was a disconnect with Frank towards the end of his, his time around, at least me, I'm speaking for myself, because I think he started to go through those same things. And Chad, it, it's, it saddens me because, you know, we would go on the road, we would land, we'd go to the team hotel. We wouldn't see Frank until kickoff. He wanted to go in a dark room because that's how he felt. There were days where he woke up and he felt like there were spider webs, cobwebs in his head and he could not function. That's, that is terrifying and awful. And it's through what we watch now where guys at the time still, still happens, try to play through those symptoms when in the moment it's happening on the football field. And he knew what was at stake. He knew and openly said, I'm going to live a short life. And I hate that for the former players that feel the same way that still walk and talk about what they're, what they're feeling right now. I, I, it, long story short, a great man passed away. And don't look past the, the great things, but also don't look past his message, which is if guys say they're going through things, actually look at them and don't look at the number on a lawsuit that a league is paying to have it end and not brought up again because he's donating more to that research currently. Yeah, very well said, Hutton. And Frank wasn't well for a long time. Yeah. I think anyone who worked around him or, or, or knew him and, knew and that. Can I clarify one thing? He fell at his home Yeah, and they, they found him. This was not um, anything that he had discussed, you know, where he thought yeah. you know, he was going to face some of the same symptoms. This was not that. So, um, you know, it's it's still just awful, top to bottom. It's heartbreaking, and like I said, was not well for a while, and anyone around Frank knew that, and I felt awful for the guy. He was also someone that was very uh, caring. Um, he would do things for people. He was always very pleasant and nice to be around. When I was a 22-year-old kid coming out of college, I was afraid to talk to a Frank Wycheck because of the legendary status he had in, in Nashville. And he was always super nice to me. And there's a lot of people, you know, professionally, when you're a, a someone young starting out that isn't always nice to you or doesn't say hi to you. And he was never that guy. So I want to thank Frank for, for yeah. that part of him. And he was always that way and very generous uh, to, to do so. Feel awful for his, his mother, for his brother, for his surviving children, grandchildren also, all of his family. Terrible news, but like Hutton said, unfortunately, at least for me, not totally unexpected. And you see that number, 52. 
and that's tragic because that is still a pretty young guy. And I, and I, I see that, and most people say, man, 52 years old. And when I got the news, while it's shocking and it's a jolt initially, I can't say that I was totally shocked because of a lot of the issues that Frank ha- had been facing for a while and feel awful for his family. Quick Frank Wycheck story that I know that he'd probably laugh if, yeah, I, if yeah. I told this. Um, back in the day, we'd play a, a lunch bunch basketball game occasionally, and sometimes I would be cool enough to get the invite. And this is with former college and NFL players and NBA players locally in Nashville, and they'd play over at Vanderbilt. One time I met Frank there to walk into Vanderbilt's Memorial Gym where a game was going to happen at noon or whenever it was. It was a, a lunch bunch game after Frank's morning show that he had on radio in Nashville for years. Walk into the gym, we go up to the top of the rafters, and the Vanderbilt women's team was practicing, led by head coach at the time, Melanie Balkum. We're sitting there minding our own business, not even really talking, watching practice. Well, she sends a staffer, some GA up, who proceeds to kick us out of the gym for being there illegally at the time because we're waiting to take the floor after her team is done. And Frank, instead of fighting the GA or anything else, just turns to, turns to me and says, man, she must not be a Titans fan to kick Frank Wycheck out of this gym right now. And, and that was Frank. And I felt the same way. I'm thinking, you're going to – not me at the time, right. someone in my you know mid-20s, but you're going to kick Frank Wycheck, who threw the ball in the Music City Miracle out of this gym in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I love Frank and Hutton. It, it, I think people now, we live in such a digital social media world. Yeah. I don't think unless you lived through it and understood what it was like living in a city who was granted an NFL team, there's not a lot of people who can talk about this because either you were born in a place that had a team for years or you had a team that wasn't in your city. But to have a Frank Wycheck that was brand ambassador for the Tennessee Titans in the whole state of Tennessee as a player was enormous. This was in an era that we didn't have social media to follow news or what was going on. This guy was doing TV shows, doing player radio shows. He was going to malls to meet people. He was speaking at youth football banquets. He was the ambassador for the Titans, one of them. And they had a bunch of great ones. Jeff Fisher, Eddie George, who you've seen on this show, Steve McNair. Floyd Reese. Also rest in peace. Floyd Reese. Derek Mason. The list, there's a, you're, there's, there's a lengthy not list. a lot of, of teams. you got to think mid-90s, late-90s. There weren't a lot of organizations that could have pulled that off to that extent, and it was because of the hey. people. The people at the top of the food chain that cared and wanted it to work made Nashville an NFL city when they moved here and had that open personality. And did it in year one of the stadium opening. And those players were clutch. You know, you mentioned throwing the lateral right down the line for the Music City Miracle, which is a top five, top three play all time in the National Football League, in the history of pro football straight up. Uh, But beyond that, he had a a perfect passer rating, I believe, whenever they would do the trick plays. Yep. Um, and was the go-to guy for Steve McNair whenever things were on the line. And, and beyond that, too, um, the, the number of people that he connected with throughout his career that were still reaching out and were great friends with him that would go on golf trips or he would be in a certain city, we'd be on the road at a stadium, and they would pop in and ask how he was doing. Stepped away from the game. He had two concussions in 2004, two of many, uh, and stepped away and retired. 
and started with uh, the, the radio commentary in 2005. And ultimately, Chad, he stepped away from Titans radio because of the significant head issues that he had suffered through his career. So uh, he, he I, I know he would want me to say, don't overlook the issues that I, I think in many cases, some say, oh, the, you know, you've got the, 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 the lawsuit that was out there and things they are kind of just, you know, a background story now uh, with the movie came out, whatever. Don't overlook other struggles uh, that guys go through just because, oh, they signed up for it. Because I think beneath the surface, there's more of they signed up to play football. Did they sign up knowing the issues that were truly at stake compared to what the league is doing now, which is everything they can to make it a safer sport? It's not a safe sport, a safer sport where guys aren't playing through a concussion and, and then doing it in the same game and having to get you know extreme treatment and help following some of these matchups in the locker room. And people can try to downplay it all they want, but guys of Frank's era truly did not understand the long-term ramifications of head injury the the way we do now or the way we're observant of it and look at it. And the league has changed for the better. But even if they did, they didn't understand. You do sometimes have to protect the player from the player. Yes. You do. Yeah. And I don't think that was a thing then. No. I Uh, think if the player was, you know, I got to get back out there. Coaches would let them go back out there, and that well, was just accepted and part of the game. And keep in mind, too, it's not the superstar element of it that it needs just just needs protection. We protect the quarterbacks, right? Wycheck was a sixth-round pick in Washington, was released, picked up by Houston, never felt like he was safe on the roster. No, and, and played so that way. And you felt like you had, if you're in that situation, there are guys in the situation right now, 70% of the league is probably feeling that way where you don't know week to week if you're on the roster. If I don't show up and work right now or, or play through this injury or this concussion get, or getting knocked out, exactly. I'm going to be replaced. If I don't get out of this blue tent. Yeah, I mean, and Frank was a guy, I'm going to have to go, you know, sell insurance. Not there's anything wrong with that, but that's what he's thinking. I'm not going to be able to play in the National Football League anymore yeah. if I don't gut it out and fight through this injury. And one thing on Frank as a player, he was ahead of his time as a player. He was more of a hybrid H-back pass catcher who could also block and did a ton of things for those Titans teams, those Oilers teams. He really was ahead of his time, and he was also a throwback with his mentality. So he's a guy that could have played in the 50s and 60s with his tough guy mentality, and Hutton, he's a guy that could play today because he is a hybrid-type pass catcher player and a good athlete. I think an underrated athlete uh, in his time also. Chad, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, The... uh, he did a lot of uh, charity work, philanthropy. He was very uh, generous around the holidays, too, for coworkers or whatever. I don't know what type of freezer he thought I owned. He sent me so many Omaha steaks that I didn't have. I had, I had a fridge in the garage and inside at the first house I had. Yeah. Did not have room for all of it. If I took everything out and cleaned it out, he had shipped all of this meat. Should have just told you to come pick it up. Yeah, I would have eaten. I, I, we would have had come a party. This, uh, I would have just come, come over grab- hunting. It, it, I know it's uh, January right I now. Did, we're about to have a cookout. I donated some of it locally, but I was like, yeah, I had a freezer full of just nothing but can, cut filet. You can donate your meat to me anytime, Hutton. Thank you. <laughs> anytime. Come check it out in the freezer. I will, I will accept that donation. <laughs> He's like, hey, bud. Hey, bud. You get the Willingly. get the shipment? I'm like, yeah, I got the you know the U-Haul that hey, pulled bud. off. You got the U-Haul that pulled off. Dropped it all off. Well, RIP, Frank. No doubt. One and, of the best. Hey, uh, it, his, uh, his family, uh, Teddy, we're thinking about you. And 
all the lives that uh, were impacted, uh, friends of his, uh, hang in there because it's uh, it was tough news to see over the weekend. Frank Wycheck uh, dead at the age of 52. Stay tuned. Uh, more coming. We have uh, plenty to react to. We've got Juwan Howard that's in an altercation at Michigan. I want to know how the Wolverines will treat this versus how they've handled some things with Harbaugh. Uh, as well as, uh, well, two Monday night football matchups that on paper in August looked okay. And now, well, we'll see if we get a close game in the fourth quarter that the NFL can brag about. Straight ahead, Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm out with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Join us on uh, YouTube. Search out Outkick. Subscribe there on the channel. You've got uh, other options as well. Outkick.com. Plus, you can uh, listen to this great radio partner. We say thank you for that. How's the chat? Chat's good? on fire. Awesome. Good. It's been good. Good. Good participation today. Appreciate everyone tuning in and uh, interacting with the show. We love interaction. So even if you've got something negative to say to me, bring it. You know, that's fine. We so, can handle it. We can get past it. Uh, the Athletic, uh, speaking of bring it, the Athletic has a report that while the extent of this altercation is not clear, various reports, and we're just reading from the Athletic, there's an, an incident that took place between Jawan Howard at, from Michigan and, and John Sanderson, uh, the strength and conditioning coach. They had a confrontation uh, at the end of last week. And for whatever reason, Michigan's not commenting. In fact, Ward Manuel, in a text to the Detroit Free Press, says, quote, we have no comment. This is interesting because there are rumors beginning to swirl after their win over Iowa uh, that Howard had had this altercation on Friday with Sanderson but he's not serving as the head coach yet this season because he's recovering from a heart issue. He had an aortic aneurysm that was operated on on September 15th. And this story's crazy. So yeah. Jalen Rose responding, of course, a Fab Five member with Juwan Howard and a buddy and a Michigan guy, responds to a report about the fight and says, this isn't true. He's still re- recovering from open heart surgery and is targeting a December 16th return as head coach. He started joining the team on the bench as an observer at the Battle for Atlantis when they played Memphis. It's a very confusing story. So I'm to believe that Juwan Howard, while recovering from open-heart surgery, got into a fist fight with a strength coach during a practice. And then the strength coach was not in attendance. Did not make the, the trip. For the most recent game. Yeah, did not make the trip in their, their most recent road trip. And this is a uh, this is a, a coach who has had multiple 
physical and verbal altercations, and there is now a zero-tolerance policy in yep. his contract, right? Stemming from uh, him getting a five-game suspension, three or five, maybe oh, three, the, the, with Greg Gard yes. last year at Wisconsin during the handshake line where they got into a fight. Uh, look, certainly not out of character. When I, when I see Juwan Howard got into a fist fight with a staffer, if I had to rank college basketball head coaches that this could happen to, he would be close to the top of the list. So that part doesn't surprise me. And there was some the, fake account, too, that got in there. Yeah, there was a fake John, John Rossine account that initially did it. Okay. But to do it while recovering from heart surgery where you're not serving as the head coach, that part is odd. Yes. Michigan giving it we have no comment is a little bit odd. Also, I think about Ward Manuel and everything he's been, been dealing with and then finding out about this. Like, just put yourself in Ward Manuel's office in Ann Arbor for a second. And you were dealing with the Big Ten office, your entire co football coaching staff. Yes. You're dealing with college football playoff committees. A president that announces a contract extension before you find out about it on social media. Your team is the number one seed in the college football playoff. You're <laughs> you trying go. to win a national championship. You've got the NCAA on campus investigating. You're talking with them. You don't like the commissioner of the Big Ten. You cancel one of your trips to the college football playoff committee because you got so much going on on campus with the Big Ten. Yeah. And then you get a buzz that, <laughs> Ward, your head basketball coach recovering from heart surgery may or may not have just punched the Olympic strength and conditioning coach on the team and they got into a fight. And that guy's not on the trip now. That guy's not – he's not going on the trip after that. I, I, I guess we'll wait to see what comes out of this. But they're not commenting at all. Like normally, is, you say we're aware of the situation, and we're looking, we're into, looking it. into it. At least Central Michigan looked into the fact that there was a uh, an anonymous person on the up. sideline wearing sunglasses at night. Never reported. Yeah, we're, but do you think it's not like the ever going to ask you if you conclude your investigation? You at least need to acknowledge that you have one. Part of the deal could just be: What if Ford Manuel came back to the reporter and just said, "Look, guys, I barely know we have a basketball Look, program guys, we're right going now. Going to the college football playoffs. I am. Okay? I'm. I'm worried about all of this." I feel like in the movie Along Came Polly when Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> when asked to get the uh, Ben Stiller asked him to to switch men because the big sweaty hairy fat guy is getting sweat all over him and Philip Seymour Hoffman's response to Ben Stiller's character was I can't switch right now because I, I've just figured out how to cover this man <laughs> I know how to guard this man I know his weaknesses and his strengths so I can't get off Do you think Ward Manuel comes back to the reporter and just says I I I have to worry about this problem we have this blazing inferno taking place around this beautiful diamond, this beautiful diamond of a football program that is the best team in America right now that's two wins away from capturing our first national title since we shared a title in 1997. So I will not comment on the basketball team. Barely knew they were playing games. What are they, 5-5? Five and five? Great. Haven't seen a second of a Michigan basketball game this year. I think Phil Martelli is the interim coach. I don't know, but please leave me alone right now. That may have been the no comment. That's a beta move uh, as far as the, the no comment is concerned. But, Chad, in alphas and betas of the weekend, we start with Joe Flacco. Uh I mentioned he's throwing the football way too much. Let me point this out because this is going to end in uh, an injury. Let's just Joe Flacco has 89 pass attempts, two interceptions, three sacks in the last two weeks, but they're winning. I only point this out because I hope we're continuing this storyline a little bit further down the road as well. But I mean, 
at seven and six, and you've got a mess in the AFC. Here's Cleveland and Joe Flacco stepping in at 38 years old, and well, he's revving up the Browns' offense. And paired with that defense, they're going to be in games in the fourth quarter where you can allow some of the receiving options to go to work, receivers and tight ends for that matter. I think just the ability for him, this is what makes Joe Flacco an alpha. And I don't know how this thing's going to end, but it's off to a nice start for the Browns and Flacco. They're now 8-5. and five. The fact that he kept himself in good enough shape, not playing on a team, to where you don't just go out there and immediately pull something, right? I mean, I think about uh, this from yeah. my perspective. We're pretty close to the, a similar age. Now, I did not play professional football and wasn't playing it recently. But even just to keep yourself ready enough to know if I get that call, I still want to be an NFL quarterback. I can do this. <laughs> in fact, he's putting the word out to the Jets brass. He's close by, right? He's in uh, here. southern New Jersey, you I think, is where he's living. When we started the year last year. Come on, let's do this thing. I'm ready. Zach Wilson's awful. I want to come play for you. And they don't give him a call. Sorry, and then, Joe. Aaron doesn't want you here. Yeah. We, we asked Aaron, and he said no. Yep. But then you stay ready. You go to Cleveland. You do good things. Alpha move. Yeah. Good job for Joe Flacco. Uh, the Cowboys. Well, comfortable victory against Philadelphia. And they're on this run now where they control the NFC East. And, Chad, they can, they can get the number one overall seat. They've got to continue on the path they're on. When they play at home, they turn it up. But San Francisco with that head-to-head win, could come back to haunt them whenever we actually reach the first weekend of January and they finally get to the end of the regular season we crank things up for Wild Card Weekend. Either way, they're in a great spot and they have handled their business as of late. Next alpha, not an alpha in my opinion, but an alpha performance, Zach Wilson. Talk about getting up off the mat. Guy is terrible, gets benched, got benched a year ago also. Yeah. Reports come out that when they go back to him, to be the starter again that he didn't even want to play or is considering not playing. Robert Sala says not true, that he's ready to go. He goes out there against the Houston Texans. He looks like a good NFL quarterback. It's amazing. Interesting what Rodgers does when he's back. We may look back years from now and say, hey, remember that one game that Zach Wilson played where he looked like a pro quarterback? That was something, Maybe wasn't he'll it? be a backup and not a third string this year. The way he's played this year, I've even asked the question, should he be on a roster? much less starting quarterback in the NFL. Whose spot is he taking up? Is there another quarterback? I don't know, like a Joe Flacco that was on the couch at the time that should be on a roster somewhere. Hey, credit where credit's due. Alpha performance of getting off the mat and looking good for one Sunday for Zach Wilson. Um, Betas. Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Have we had him on this list ever? No. No. But the response... First-time beta list member. The response... Not like the beta club in high school either. That's okay. the worst list. The, you want to make the beta club. You don't want to be on the beta just list. Just so you can go to the convention. Yes. And pick up girls. Very poor uh, club name. Uh, should have thought twice about that. They should have. Uh, for Mahomes... Let's start the alpha club. Think twice about ripping into that call, saying that it was obvious that the Tony's not in the neutral zone or offside. Because he was. He had to come back and say, well, you know, maybe, you know, whatever. Um, and then to be as irate as you, I don't know, have we ever seen Mahomes that angry? No. Over something that was, I mean, if you're just going by the, the rule, I mean, he's, he's, that's a flag. And in that moment, Mahomes became, well, it, it, not just that moment, the last few weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs have, turned into a lot of the teams across the league. Good, not great. 
Yeah, uh, I, the the altercation with Max Crosby a year ago, he got pretty fired up. That's but good. No, yeah. Nothing like that where he's going after. I don't mind that with and, Crosby though, because Crosby wants that. Yeah, chucking his helmet to that extent, just losing his mind. Uh, Beta, how about a three nothing game between the Vikings and the Raiders? I'm watching yeah. Red Zone Hutton, and out of morbid curiosity, I'm just praying they go back to show that game yep. to see if anyone was going to get some first downs and get in field goal range. Finally, Nick Mullins enters for Joshua Dobbs, gets the Vikings in field goal range. They win it with a field goal, but still a beta game. In the spirit of red zone, though, can you actually go back to that game? In the spirit of what that represents to you? Can I go back to the watching the game? No, can, can they actually show the game? Oh, no, yeah. They, they would just go occasionally like at midfield. I think in a game that's scoreless that hey. late in the game, when you enter close to the 50, they go back and show it. The Big Ten West exists in the NFL. Not just with one example, but two. You can also look at the Texans and, and what they were doing, uh, where the Texans and Jets at the half, 11 drives, 11 punts. Not good. Um, finally, my our final bait of the week, and I'll get into this because I don't know that Hutton has seen it yet. ESPN not. for their 30 for 30. And they've had some really good ones that have followed the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I think this was one of their worst. And it was a subject matter I was very interested in watching. It was about the race for the 97 Heisman that ended up with Charles Woodson winning it from Michigan, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning finishing second, and then Ryan Leaf and Randy Moss. Three of those four players went on to be Pro Football Hall of Famers. The fourth went on to be a weekly guest uh, right here on Outkick yeah. Hot Mike and, and Ryan Leaf. Uh, it was it was interesting to watch, but the way this thing was done, they had no firsthand accounts. They had no one on screen being interviewed. It was just footage. It was the individual schools video footage. It was people camping out for games. It was a lot of ESPN footage at the time and coverage, and it would just splice from one to the other. So while, <clears throat> while that kept going fast and made it more of a fast-paced watch, I think that ESPN, and understandably so from this perspective, avoided the biggest issues here. And that is that they helped Charles Woodson win the Heisman in a big way with the way they changed the narrative and the perspective and the argument really after Peyton Manning lost to, to Florida and did not win that game. But as Peyton Manning's stats got better and better throughout the year, there was this idea that is anyone going to catch him even going into the season, he's the clear-cut front-runner to win the Heisman. And then when that narrative changed, ESPN really fed into it. Also, no marks to ESPN for not including the fact that Chris Fowler brought a lot of this on ESPN when he referred to a trailer park frenzy of oh. Tennessee fans that were upset about it. Do you want to know why Tennessee fans... And at the time, honestly, SEC fans, not anymore because now ESPN is the SEC network, but SEC fans had a problem with ESPN. It was because of a statement like that, calling it a trailer park frenzy when Tennessee fans were upset that Peyton Manning did not win the Heisman Trophy. I know that happened after, and that's why college game day didn't go to Tennessee, Florida in 98 right. because of supposed threats that Chris Fowler was facing for saying something like that. But come on you got to include that part also. I thought there was a lot more that could have been uncovered. And you've got Peyton Manning on the payroll. Well, they got, used to have all these guys on the payroll You've got point, Randy right? Moss on the payroll right now. Uh, Charles Woodson. Uh, yeah, uh, is he still with them? I don't 
I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe I'm dead wrong on that. But, uh, I mean, Leaf was, but now he's doing Westwood 1. Yeah. So, point being, I just think there could've, they could have done a lot better with a rich subject matter like the 97 Heisman race. Yes. That, that's, that is perfect for 30 for 30. That doesn't feel like a 30 for 30 uh, description to me. And it was really just a creative choice of not having any testimonials or interviews on camera, just straight old footage from 97. I thought it was a swing. Did they have some of the voters who said they went with Woodson over Manning and why? They had no one on camera. It was just people on ESPN and on networks at the time. They had like random, I mean, um, like student TV shows at Tennessee and Michigan talking about it on camera from 97. Yeah. Thank you, Chad. I will not be watching this. You're welcome. Coming up. Just saved you an hour. Two games tonight across the NFL. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Been a fun show uh, today. Fast pace. Fast That's our goal. Fast pace show. Get you into uh, the week, recapping the weekend, and uh, we're going to get you through the week as fast as possible. Guaranteed. Do you think that it went as fast for our crew in here as it did for us today, the three hours? I don't know. We'll have to ask him. Davey, probably so, yes. Davey feels like he's still got some energy left, ready right. to go. Yeah, always. Always. Yeah, I think it went by we'll, fast. We'll pull I the think studio this is a fast show done. for them, too. I do. We'll share the poll results in the YouTube chat tomorrow to start the show. I don't know. Uh, there you go. I don't know if it was a fast or a, a, a slow evening or what it was, because uh, it was all a blur, at least for me. Uh, I know it was uh, for the very happy couple, my, my sister and her husband, uh, Amy and Alex, who welcomed in uh, a daughter to the family, the lovely and beautiful and perfect Victoria Lee Rop. Congratulations, Amy and Alex, on Victoria. Congratulations to Amy and Alex. I will say, put that picture back up there, if you will, please, because I want to point something out. That is a perfect-looking child. Uh, Almost looks fake. It's so perfect. Um, Beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Uncle Hutton has a nice ring to it. (laughs) So congratulations uh, on being an uncle. Uh, Uncle Hutt, uh, Uncle John, Uncle Jonathan, I don't know they have said what they she's going to call you. They, but they've told me that she, you know, don't expect her to be able to say Jonathan. I, I'm, I said she can call me whatever she wants. It's fine. I think Uncle Hut has a nice Hutt? ring to it. Uncle Hut, um, crazy Uncle Hutton. You know, it, it all. It all looks good. It's all good. It's all good. Good to see that uh, mother and baby are doing well, and congratulations to the happy couple. Yes. And um, Uncle Hut's going to spoil that. Yes. Uh, it's going to spoil That's his right. niece now. Uh, congratulations, guys. Love you guys, and uh, see you soon. Uh, we'll be, uh, it'll be a great Christmas, uh, no doubt, and uh, glad everyone is uh, happy and healthy, for sure. Um, Chad, happy and healthy is not the NFL currently. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. Will Levis is currently the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans because, well, Ryan Tannehill got hurt, and then they just decided, well, we're going to play the second-round pick that the organization traded up for. Got to find out if he's the guy because the team sucks. Uh, they're not admitting that, but watch them play. They they don't play well on a consistent basis. They go three and out a lot. The league does too. That's the trend. 16 of the 32 teams under 500. Tennessee's one of them. Miami is not. That's one of the Monday Night Football games this evening. The other 
We can also uh, look across and watch the New York Giants take on the Green Bay Packers, who have turned into a very interesting storyline in the NFC North. With Jordan Love and the, the run that they've been on, trying to finally connecting on uh, some consistency. And this is my eliminator pick, by the way. Play, this week, strong, Packers. Well, you can win it, right? Or did Davey also win? Did Davey uh, win the elimination pick? This week? I lost. Yeah, I had uh, San Francisco, so we're good. I lost mine. So, so you're so out? I had Houston. Yeah, oh, I believe wow. I'm out. Houston has screwed me twice. I picked yeah. them against the Falcons, and I picked, I picked them <laughs> against the Jets, and I lost both of those. C.J. Stroud has been amazing, but he lost to the Falcons and the Jets. Well, I, obviously, Davey wins game the elimination game if, uh, if the lose. Packers don't win tonight. I'm really just, well, have you lost twice? Or you, this will be your second? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so, come on, Chad. Stay if, in this. If the Giants win and the Titans lose, the Titans would be in line for a top-five pick. So, here's what the best-case scenario is for the Titans moving forward. Lose every game in a shootout. Show that Will Levis well, is the guy. Score a bunch of points. Have Will Levis look good but lose every game to ensure yourself of a top five pick because this is a team and a franchise that badly needs a Marvin Harrison Jr. type star playmaker that can get things going offensively. That's what I think they need. Um, they're not going to try to lose. Uh, we no. all understand that. It's That's not in Mike Vrabel's DNA. Will not do, you're right. He won't allow do it. I don't think the players will. I'm just telling you, outsider's perspective, best case scenario is they lose out, get a top five pick, draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and they know Will Levis is the guy after this year, based on even all the losses, the way he looks. Yeah. Hutton, I don't think they're going to score many points, though. That's the problem. Yeah, it's been a grind for this offense. That's, I mean, let me just, it's been awful for this offense, and it has been great for Miami. This is the ESPN game. You also have on ABC, Green Bay taking on New York. Uh, Jordan Love against Tommy DeVito, who comes out to the Sopranos theme. You know, he's even got the gimmick going where he's, he's got this, you know, the sign for the... the yeah. So, and, hey, he's got a beer named after him now. You want to see what the guy's got? This uh, Tommy DeVito, they, they've got Terod Taylor back. And they're, they're sticking with Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets to Tommy Touchdown. The 5.1% Italian Pilsner. Yeah, the, the season looking grim. The Jersey guy stepped in and breathed some life into the season. Celebrate our hometown hero with this local brew in the tap room in the comfort of your own home as well. I love the hand signal also on the can. I would love to see Tommy DeVito be a long-term option to be the New York Giants quarterback. Don't see that happening. But this is the type of story to get behind. Guy in Jersey playing for the Giants – that's Tommy DeVito. If he could win that job permanently, would be amazing. This Don't the, see it happening. Yeah, uh, but I could see the Giants winning tonight. Let me say that. Look at the games this weekend. I need to learn my lesson on this. Just when you think the Chicago Bears are you know, trying to get the, the first and second overall pick, they're putting together and stringing together some scoring drives and looking okay. They're looking like a, an yeah. average team they instead of the worst better. team. They mentioned that they're they're even considering building the new stadium in the parking lot of Soldier Field. Now all of a sudden it's great, you know they're playing like they're playing like uh, they should with Justin Fields at quarterback. Meanwhile, Chad, uh, Green Bay, they can take over and be that playoff team. 
Lutzman's been really good lately. One of the two big surprises within that division, what the Vikings have now become is not a surprise without Kirk Cousins and without Justin Jefferson. Yep. The Packers' ascent is surprising to me in the way Jordan Love has looked. And the Lions falling apart uh, defensively. Now look good. Dan Campbell saying, I, I need to be more of an irritant to this team, and I can do that, and I'm going to start doing that. I need to be a little bit more hardcore with them, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see the Lions. Not that they've fallen apart, but these last... They've lost two of their last three, and it should, it should it have been... It has not good. They should have lost... Three or they were, could have lost. They were three down the last two four. scores with what four minutes and left. Came three back minutes to beat left. The Bears. Yeah, yeah. And, and if not for that, they would. It would have been three of the last four. But they've lost two of the last three, and it, it is. They they seem like they've lost their way a bit. You know the the losses by Philly, referencing that, or the the losses by San Francisco. Because if you're doing the tiers in the NFC in whatever order, there are three teams: Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers. Rewind four weeks, and the Lions are in this discussion. Yeah. But they feel like they've fallen out of the discussion uh, because of how they've looked and how they've lost. Not if you lose, it's how you lose. And I can look at Philly. And, and who know, you've lost, too. And, and who you have, right? And, and Goff has not been the same quarterback the way he started the season compared to now. And who you've lost, too, factors into. Absolutely. Uh, the knock on the Dolphins all year is they've been losing to good teams. They haven't beaten premium opponents. They won't get a chance to do that tonight either. No. Uh, you have Tennessee, then you take on the Jets. But they close the season against three top 10 teams. You have Baltimore, and that is week 17. And that could determine the number one seed in the AFC. That sets up a really interesting game in week 17. This week, by the way, you have Buffalo taking on Dallas. Not no, bad. I'm curious to see what that flex Sunday night football game will end up being. On in the final week of the season, yeah. Well, I wonder if because they, they can flex. Can't they flex Thursday too, or no? Uh, not well. There is no Thursday. The final well, week. the next, but of the next four games, can't they flex two games? The I, NFL. The, I, the, I believe that is correct. I do know for Week 18, the big thing that they'll typically do is they look to flex onto Saturday, where games have yeah. multiple well, uh, they, playoff implications. You know, if you're a team, though, uh, they've announced who those games are. I think. Uh, multiple that when the schedule's announced, you know if you're eligible to be flexed to Saturday uh, because they want to move around that Sunday matchup too. Um, Dolphins, Chad, they've beaten the Broncos by 50. They beat the Commanders by 30. <laughs> I love how nonchalant you said that. Beat the Broncos by 50. And I look at the Broncos, crazy. Broncos by 50, Commanders by 30, Giants by 16. They beat the Panthers and, and the Jets by 21 points. Uh, and here come the Titans, who have not scored 30 points in like, what, 30 games or something? Since I think it's longer than that. 2004. Than that? Yeah. And they don't have Jeffrey Simmons tonight. This feels like a good time to take the Dolphins minus 14, is what you're saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I would do. I, and I, I mean, one of these games is going to be crazy. So why not just go with Tommy DeVito? Tyree Why Kill not? is 519 yards away from reaching 2,000. I would say he gets at least 150 tonight. If in the we, first half? If we can have crazy things happen in a Heisman Trophy ceremony occasionally, you know, the 97 Charles Woodson thing, a good example, why not give the MVP award to a receiver? And well, if so, wouldn't this be the year? That's, yeah. You say that, but, I mean, Cooper Cup had the triple crown. The problem is Dak Prescott's doing something, too. Yeah, he didn't did. even really get mentioned right. for the MVP. Cooper Cup, yeah. yeah. You have a 2,000-yard rusher, and you can't get the MVP. 
but would the first ever 2,000-yard receiver get it? If he does it before the 17th game. Yeah, uh, potentially. But, uh, but I, I, he's not getting that. The Dolphins are being crushed for beating bad teams and not beating good teams. That's That will be held against Tyreek Hill. It shouldn't. How many yards is he away, Davey? 519. Does he, he get four there weeks. tonight against Christian Fulton? <laughs> <laughs> well, That's Fulton's, Fulton's got a hammy. Oh, I mean, it's going to be well, there, yeah. Does he get there tonight against Christian Fulton's backup? That's the question. Uh, so That's a real challenge. I, you you want to be challenged, Tyreek? Try to get there tonight. I, I, I say, why not take the Giants? I, I raise my hand and say, the Packers, top 10 scoring defense. They have reached their uh, the, the top offensive yardage the high watermarks over the last the five weeks, those have been the five biggest outputs. And they're on a three-game run, two of those being division leaders that they've knocked off. But there's always Tommy DeVito and craziness. And this is the ABC game, and they're going to prop it up as the best game. I bet it's close. Uh, and let me throw this out there, too. Matt LaFleur has never lost a game as a head coach in December, Chad. That's Give me crazy. Anytime touchdown. Uh, Devin Achan. I'm going to go with him with the Dolphins, also uh, selfishly for fantasy football purposes. Okay. I hope that happens. Hey, quick breaking news before we get out. Yes, good. This, this mm-hmm. from The Athletic. Shohei Otani, help me with this, guys, will defer $68 million of his $70 million annually per year over the course of the 10-year contract, which will allow the Dodgers to keep spending. So they're going to pay him after his career. So he's going to be Bobby Bonilla? Yes, so they can Where continue just, to put all-star talent around him while he's playing. So what, he'll make $2 million a year of a $70 million contract until he's done playing, and then they're going to pay him all of that money after that. They would have to. It's fully guaranteed. Yeah. But is it one lump sum? How are they going to pay this out? He will defer $68 million per year of a $70 million annually. It's a lot. The only thing I could think of is he's rack, wow. racking in a ton in endorsements. endorsements. Shaquille O'Neal yeah. never cashed a, a check or never never used money that he earned from his salary. He only spent money in the NBA yep. from his endorsements. I believe I've got that Alvin right. Alvin Kamara does a similar thing. <laughs> the deferred money will be paid out without interest from 2034 to 2043 after the contract's over. So then they'll pay it 10 years after. When he's no longer playing. What a league. What a league. That is, you, you shouldn't be able to do that, in my opinion. I, I agree, Davey. I think that's just skirting the rules in an unfair way. If you're, if you're doing that, I, I, that's odd to me. I, I know we're up against I mean, it. great for him that he was willing to do that and able to, to help them buy better players around him also. But that just doesn't feel right. I don't have the eight teams in front of me, but his seventy million a year is higher than the payroll of eight teams in the league. Wow, higher than uh, some of the teams going for the uh, the World Series, possibly higher than the Orioles. I'm going to guess the yeah. Kansas City Royals. We can probably all name the teams that they're ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, higher payroll than them. Maybe not anymore, but at one point, definitely the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, higher than Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Oakland. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. Now Vegas. Soon That's to be right. Vegas. Enjoy Monday Night Football, the two games. Hopefully we get some tight ones. We'll discuss it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. <laughs>